Hey, good morning. Let's go live with Jack Kelly. And today, my special guest, Manny Rivera, an executive marketing guru who's been doing this and, and it top tier organizations. Um, just checking here to make sure streaming is good. And welcome to the show. And today we're talking about ageism. But in addition to ageism, we can also talk about you know, kind of a philosophy on how you want to run your career. Do you have to do things just because you feel you have to keep doing these things or can you downshift? So we'll talk about ageism, but then they're kind of go on some tangents to help you and give advice about your own career and what you feel would be right for you. So Manny, I want to hand it off to you. Maybe you could tell a bit about yourself and your experiences. Sure. Around this topic, um, you know, this is a very relevant topic now for today because um, I see and I interface a lot with some really good experience executives. And, you know, and one of the, th the most common theme that when we have coffee or when we're having conversation, it, we don't say the word ageism, but we do think and we do kind of converse in, the, in this topic around, do you feel like what's holding you back from moving into that role that you want to do or moving into another role or obtaining a new, a new role? And, and the common theme comes down to is that people just don't think I want to do this role. Or people will think and come back or make statements that, you know, are, are come by biased statements or biased behaviors. And it this topic is what became very relevant around, you know, the you know, the the Starbucks that when we sit down and we have coffee and just chat. And it comes down to that, why would you want to do this role? You know, and all of a sudden it's a red flag. It's like, well, why wouldn't I want to do this role? I asked you, you know, it's like. So this is very common and I, and I'm seeing it more and more. Um, and it's, you know, it's one of those things that I thought that I would reflect back is like when I started my career, you know, and then yeah. moving forward on that is like, now I, now I'm like, I experience some version of it. I've also see it on others. I have also been very cautious at putting it on the forefront when I'm hiring people. But at the same time, is like um, it's not as easy to see when you start off your career or you're in the middle of your career. You see it more relevantly when you get in towards the last third of whatever you define your age brackets to be in your career. So, Manny, when you were saying about you know you sit down with some cohorts, you know having a Starbucks, and then maybe the conversation is about jobs and opportunities, and because they either yourself or some of the other people who are sitting around their table. And you're maybe looking to take that next step up. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like they'll look askance at that person. Like, why are you going to do that? Shouldn't you just step out and go to Florida and call it a day? And that's it. And sit on the beach and just presume, you know, you have a certain amount of gray hair and like, all right, that's it. Time for you to go. Right. And, and which is a pernicious kind of ageism because you're really saying, okay, all right, you know, boomer. Gen, you know, older Gen X. All right, your time is up. Get out of here. But they're not saying it directly, but kind of subtly. Is that what you say? Like this subtle kind of thing that weaves through conversations that you're really saying, hmm, why do you want this job? Don't you think you're a little too old for this job? You know, that's like the undercurrent. Is that is that kind of what you see 
and, okay. and that's and that's the exact kind. You know, that's those yeah. are the kind of conversations we have. And one of the things is like I was just having a conversation with a colleague of mine, um, who is sixty-two years old, mm -hmm. and you know, and 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 he's just starting to like, hey, I want to venture out and do something different. You know, it's something you know, just wants to do something different. And it's like, great. It's like, well, how long, much longer do you want to be in the marketplace? He goes, I want another 10 years. All right. And I'm like, well, that puts you at 72. And, and so all of a sudden it's like, okay, so, you know, it's like all of a sudden it's like, it, it dawned on him. It's like, I'm struggling or he's struggling. He's struggling to find someone who would give him the, the, the conversation or around the opportunities that he wants to pursue and it was be basically is because his previous employer basically said, we're, we're you know, we're just going to slow down this part of the business or we're going to do some other uh, reasoning that put him out there. And and so with that being the case, that becomes a very like, oh, my God, you got challenges coming up. And yes, people perceive that you should be out in the marketplace. Now, this person's story goes even deeper because he started his family later in life. And he still has kids just entering college. So he's going to be <laughs> entering with very large expenditures of continuing to support his, his family. And that's the driving force why he wants to stay in the marketplace. Um, and so with that being the case, it's people just don't know people's personal stories. You know, we know just a little yeah. bit about someone and we automatically assume, like you said, they should be going out to Florida, retire on the beach, enjoy, enjoy life. It's like yeah. not everybody had the opportunity along the way, probably to get themselves to a point where they can do that. See, that's, this is an interesting topic that I, I like to kind of uh, discuss a little bit more. Turn back the clock, let's say, a few, you know, a little bit after the pandemic where things started looking good, you know, your home probably appreciated in value, your stock portfolio appreciated in value, you have that wealth effect. And yet a lot of people say, hey, I could retire. I could, you know, I'm, I'm sitting pretty. I'm going to get out now while the getting is good. But now with high inflation, possible recession, possible world wars <laughs> being triggered by what's happening in the Middle East and Ukraine, a lot of uncertainty. Now they have to maybe come back and they might not be welcome back. And do you think, Manny, is it part? Because I got a feeling too. I got a feeling it's not just to say, hey, Jack is kind of old and I see his beard is getting gray and his hair is getting gray and he's wrinkly and that's why I'm not going to hire him. But I think what happens, and uh, I'm curious what you think, it's the dollars. Because if you've been working in the workforce for 10, 15, 20, 25, 30 years, the odds are you're going to be having a higher salary, a higher compensation compared to, let's say, a Gen Zer. And in this kind of current economy, it's easy for a company to say, let's get rid of Jack and Manny and let's get some Gen Zer and pay this person a tenth of what we would earn. Right. Is that, and is that still ageism or is that like, what would that even be? That, that one's a tough one because it, is it a business decision for yeah. economics or, you know, but the, I would say in that case, in that scenario, the challenge would be is like, who's going to teach this younger, less experienced employee mm -hmm. who you're trying to say that you're swapping out that they're both apples to apples, but you know, at the end of the day is like, yeah. but who's going to teach and guide this, this person through the, the pitfalls or through the, the business challenges that one has already experienced. And so that's a trade-off I think you make. 
for to think, save dollars. I think that's actually a good selling point for somebody. So let's say you're of a certain vintage and you know you're interviewing for a job. I think for what you just said is a good selling point. So you could say, hey, I I'm I'm looking forward. I've worked, let's say, 25 years in, in the marketing business. And I look forward to working and collaborating with millennials and gen, you know, Gen Zs, and because I want to learn. I want to learn what they're doing. I want, I want to impart my knowledge. But at the same time, I love to learn what your mindset is about. And what do you think? Is that like a good way for somebody who's a certain age so they don't come in? Because let's be honest, an interview is going to maybe have this perception of a person who's older working with young people. So right from the get-go, you destroy that per, you know perception because you're saying, hey, I want to work with these young people. I'm looking forward to them. I want to, I want to learn, but then also I'd be happy to mentor and share my advice. Do you think that's a good way to kind of, if you're fighting that in a job situation? You know, I, I would say yes. And and, and yeah. I've used that in in you know, previous situations where I can tell someone, it's like, listen, it's like I sat on the, on your customer side of the desk mm -hmm. for 30 years. I, I know how you approach it. I know the things that the struggles that a CMO has to go through. I, I know the political pressures and the maneuvering that needs to be done and the decisions are, are made for survival, you know, in big corporate enterprise environments. Um, and then you can take that learning. It's like, but that salesperson or that account rep or that product or, or service that you're trying to offer to that senior executive, you can go, it's like, well, your salespeople or your account people don't have that experience base. They don't have that knowledge of this is the decision. It wasn't that they didn't like you or they didn't like your product. It was because you positioned it wrong. That wasn't going to help that person, you know, survive for the next year. And the end of the day is like that, that value comes in, very, I mean, I that, to me that is a uh, an important value proposition for anybody who's who's a, you know who's in their um, deeper in their career that can provide that kind of insight and guidance to the younger generations. Who obviously, let's just face it, when we we're all young, we all had all the answers, right? We, we knew everything, but we didn't know what we didn't know, right? In that case, in this case, is like that's where I come in and help a lot of the young people. And even the sales team is like, yeah, careful. This is how they go to market. This, this is what they're challenged with. It's not what they're telling you. Read between the lines. And that part just comes with experience, right? And that's just the human nature. And then to give back, it's, it's more rewarding to give back and to share. And to me, I find more, I, I, it charges my batteries to help someone else out. And I do this a lot with startups and I volunteer a lot with startups to help them out. You know, and I also work with a lot of young folks who want to aspire to do in marketing or want to do something in that space. And I'm always, it's like, I'm available for conversations. I'm available to, to look over materials. And I do that because, you know, you have this wealth of knowledge and experience, but what are you going to do with it? You know, you walk away with it and just bottle up and not share. And so that's, you know, I think one has to come to that terms, like you can give back and help the next generation, you know, beehive and, and get some experience or knowledge base. It's kind of like hanging out with, you know, a family member that's gone through life, has mm -hmm. gone through a lot of things and you ask for advice from them. Why you wouldn't, why wouldn't you do that with, you know, a, more of a senior leader who is looking to mentor younger people? Do you find out when you work 
with younger people? On a whole, not everyone, but do you have some that you could feel like they're rolling their eyes and, and they feel they know everything because they're young and cool and hip and they know what's going on. And they're right. like, hey, who's this guy telling me what to do? Do you think there's some like antagonistic thing that goes on? Not whether you personally with people or just generally speaking, where, yeah, like you said, when you're younger, when I was younger, I thought I knew all the answers. And then there, as I got older, I realized, boy, was I such an idiot. And I look back, I say, man, I was really, really dumb. So do yeah. you think, how, like, what do you think happens in that dynamic? You know, I would say in, 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 in those situations, it's very true. And that's the thing you, you have to pick out, right? Yeah. You have to be not telling. In my, it's all about style, right? Different right. styles. But it's, it's not telling the person the answer. is guiding the person to a spot for them to come up with the answer, right? And I think that's the art of mentoring. Yeah. Um, I can tell you the stove is hot, right? But it's like, you know, <laughs> let me explain to you what happens when heat. <laughs> and, and you do that. And and, I, and you can get through those folks who have all the answers, those folks who have, you know, who who are not going to listen, right? And sometimes I put myself in their shoes because I was that person at one point in time. It's like, you didn't listen. Yeah. You, 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 you beehive, you had the answers. Like, get out of my way. You don't know what you're talking about. I know this better than you do. And, and so when I look at it, it's like, yes, but at the end of the day, some not, some sometime you're going to self-reflect and realize that you should have listened a little bit more, but you know, that comes with time. Do you think, I find out that there's a fine line where if you have somebody who, let's say in the workplace, wants to give advice, but they're kind of a blowhard. You know what I mean? Like they, 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 it has to be this way. This is what to do. And I wonder, and, and this is wrong, this is wrong to say, but mm -hmm. I feel that's what sometimes contributes towards ageism where they're like, gosh, this person is just so overbearing and they're so bossy, even though they're the boss, but you know, they're just, right. just, just boom, you know, just cramming it down our throat. And we're like, Oh, give us a break. Do you think sometimes that's what happens too, where it's you, even though you want to hear some good advice for people who are experienced, you don't want to be like constantly lectured. And right. Do you think that's something that's there that maybe people of a certain, you know, experience have to kind of understand how the listener is taking all this? Well, it's, it's interesting. Um, in that respect is like, uh, I was on an assignment and the people that I was working with were younger than I was, mm -hmm. which was fine. But the thing is they would, they would bring everybody together and they would pose a challenge. And it was really a, a, a really challenging topic or a challenging situation or solution had to be um, come up with. And when they relate, it's like, we need help, or we did this, it didn't work out. Then I got like a finger pointed me. It's like, well, Mandy, what, what would you do? And I'm like, well, you know, it's like, well, let's think this thing through again, you know, back it up. And so you kind of walk back, but you have to walk a fine line. You know, and then eventually the the project lead came to me and said, hey, he's like, you know, it's like, I know you have more to say. I'm like, yeah, but you got to understand, I walk a very fine line between, mm -hmm. you know, being someone who can advise you and provide you insights versus someone telling you this is what you need to do, because I don't want to devalue your authority or your position amongst the group. And that is where that fine line comes in. And then obviously we had a great relationship. We still do. 
and with that being the case, now it comes as like the phone. It's it's more of a private conversation versus a conversation you have as a whole. And so that, those are just different ways to approaching things and also a way not to uh, make yourself feel like you're going to be threatening that leader's position. See, that's, I think, a big thing. I think you hit it on the head. What I notice and what I hear from, you know, job seekers and just, you know, workers is that if let's say, you know, you're, you know, there's somebody who comes in who is much older and you're in a meeting, you're in that important meeting, all the heads are going to turn to that gray haired person a little bit. Right. And the younger person is actually the one who's the manager and the senior person. And right. now they feel awkward and weird and uncomfortable because wait, no, I'm the boss, even though I'm, you know, particularly let's say in the tech space where, right. you know, I'm the young person. And then it just gets this really weird dynamic. And, and for the maybe more senior person, they're not purposely, I don't think purposely trying to steal the thunder, but that's how it comes across. And then it gets, it gets that antagonism that goes on, right? Does that, do you see that? Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. And I see it a lot in tech, yeah. you know, haven't been in tech. Um, and, and I will tell you that it is, it is a very fine line again. Yeah. It's, it's a tough one because it's, I, I, you know, and I'm just going to use my experience in yeah. technology because it is, there's a lot of young people in technology and, and, you know, that's great. There's nothing wrong with that, but there is a lack of experience in business. And what I mean by that is at the end of the day, technology or no technology, you have to deal with a human at the end of the day. You have to deal with a decision maker, which is a human being. And that's still dealing with reading the room, reading the emotions, understanding what that person is trying to make a decision on, not just to buy or not buy or, or to use or not use. It's more, it's more complicated than that. And if you don't have that experience base, then you're just going to, you're going to assume is like, well, why aren't they using the product or why aren't they taking this? Or why won't they take my call? It's like, it's, it has nothing to do with you it has to do with the human being that you have not understood. It's, it's so interesting. Like when you were a sales exec marketing person at Salesforce, so you probably would see not just, I'm just using that as an example, but you know, where you have, I wonder if you have a relative, let's say a 20 something person year old, and then they'll have someone like me and they'll look at me and just assume I don't know technology because I'm older and right. right from the beginning, which is, I think part of ageism too, where they're just going to presume right. they're young because I'm young. I'm a tech whiz. And because Jack's old, he's not, and they don't know anything about me. I might be amazing at, which I'm not, but anyway, <laughs> but then they just, so, so you get these presumptions right, right. away. No, I, I, I that this is, this is very relevant because yeah. I started in uh, dealing in marketing and technology when I was at Coca-Cola and, and I'm going to go back even further AOL. And you were also Kodak, right? I was, I was. It's like, and I'll get to that, but it's like, yeah. but I started doing yeah. online marketing and advertising on AOL for Coca-Cola <laughs> back when AOL was like the yeah. foundation. If I use the word AOL now to anybody that I worked <laughs> in technology, they'd be like, what, who? But, yeah, can I tell you something on resumes? 
that's a sign. If you have like dot AOL, like AOL.com is your resume, <laughs> like your email address, that's like a red flag to a lot of recruiters that, huh, is that this person doesn't get it. Yeah. So those are subtle things too, but I'm sorry, but I wanted to just bring it up with that. No, AOL. no, I, I, it's, it's such very a red true. flag. Actually, that usually goes in my spam folder, but yeah. that's a whole different story. <laughs> Then, you know, it's like, and then I go to, I go to Kodak mm -hmm. and then Kodak was, you know, back then was like the, the second largest patent holder in the world next to IBM at the time. And they created the digital sensor for cameras that we all use today. They invented the, and so they were coming out and I was part of the, you know, the launch of the digital cameras, you know, pushing the digital, um, the digital products into mm -hmm. the marketplace. And that was more hardware versus software. And at the end of the day is like, I've been in technology for a very long time. And now that marketing is here in the future with AI, there's a lot of platforms, digital platforms, a lot of transformation that needs to be done. And the challenge is, is that, is that I've done the traditional, I've trans, I've taken the traditional and morphed it into utilizing these digital platforms and technology over time. And now I'm in the AI space, AI space, utilizing AI on top of these platforms that drive these traditional marketing approaches. And now how do you optimize your business? I'm in technology. So when you look at it is like, you have to keep up with these changes and trends, but a lot of the tech companies don't see having a marketing experience to help them drive their platform performance or platform usage or platform design they're what they're missing is you don't have that foundation of how marketing works you know marketing but you don't know how it operates there's an operational aspect of marketing and there is a you know i know marketing so the, the end of the day that's technology is so infused in what mm -hmm. i do today it's kind of hard to say that how do you not know technology but then when you walk into a room and you're the oldest person there it's like Guys, I've been in it since day one. Yeah. So yeah, that's what I'm curious about. So when you go into meetings, are do you feel like, hey, you're older? Is I, I don't know much. I know marketing as just marketing, but I don't under I don't know much about what goes on behind the scenes. Right. Is it a very young person business or how is it? You know, it is a it from a there's two types of marketing, and and this is where you, you can see where the age comes in difference. You have your traditional ways of doing marketing. You have your basic principles, you know, your messaging, your target, your platform you use. I can go down like the five steps that I typically go through. And, but then it's like, how do you execute? Well, that's different. That's an operation. And what's going on now is that there is a difference between the generations in the space of marketing. Hmm. And that generational space difference is that these platforms require a technologist to drive the platform versus the person who's conceiving the strategy and, and, the, and how to create the content and how to do these things. But those two have to marry together. And what, what I find and where the challenge comes in is that a lot of the CMOs, and, and I write a lot about this, where a lot of CMOs is like, yeah, they're marketers, they're doing this, they're doing that. But, the, but you have to have some knowledge of operations because now it's becoming around marketing as an executional operational platform. It's like, well, that's different, but you still need to know what's the right message at the right time frame, the right target, and you still need to know those basics. Those two are now merging together, and there's the skill sets are different. You sense tension for yourself, and I don't mean to be too personal, or with your cohorts, where 
you're you're looking, hey, I have 30 years of marketing experience running from Kodak to Coca-Cola to AOL to you know Salesforce and so forth. And then you have maybe 20 somethings, early 30 somethings, and they think I have my fingers on the pulse and this is what's right. <clears throat> and they may not have a whole lot of experience, but they think they know everything because they're young. And <clears throat> from my vantage point, whenever you see commercials and ads, oftentimes they are young, you know, it's really young people. Very rarely do you see a commercial where somebody, you just old people are there. And if old people are there, usually they're a butt of the joke. You know what I mean? Like, Right. They're old people, but they're not seen as cool and hip and awesome. They look old and, you know, lame, basically. Right. right. And and similarly, I noticed and now that I, for people who are watching this, check, you try it and you'll see. If you go to career sites, if mm-hmm. you go to career sites now, you will very rarely see someone with gray hair. You go there because usually there's always in the career where the jobs are at, you know, they'll have pictures of shiny young people, like right. all diversity across the board all diversity except one for older people and maybe there's usually one like older person there right right but everyone else is like you know super young super hip looking super super cool and the older person usually uh, they don't put them in the best light him or her in the best and usually he's a guy because then they put him in a kind of a dorky kind of suit and yeah it's like those subtle things the commercials the online ads you know, when you go to the job board, you just see that. And then if you're an older person and you see all young people, I think that's going to be intimidating for someone who's like 30, 40, 50 and up to apply for a job because they're just going to think, hey, I'm seeing all these young folks. They don't want me. And you self-select out, which is terrible. It is. It is. It's it's interesting when you bring that up because I, you know, I do know some, some folks that try to make themselves younger so they don't get the ageism yeah. uh, discrimination part. And, you know, some people that I know is like, even are dying their hair, which is like, which is, you know, that's a personal preference and that is nothing wrong with that is it's, but they're trying to, trying to fit in and trying to go against a stereotype that, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm, old, I'm more senior, but I don't want to do the senior role. I want to do this role. And and I think with that being the case, it's, it's like, I I think the younger generation just need to bring up the biases that they currently have and just say, just make it conscious, the fact that you might be making a decision because that person might be older than you. Yeah. You know, there's ways to vet and understand if this person's going to be a threat to you or better yet, a great manager and a great leader. Like, you know, they have always... I've always gone for the rules of there is no really bad employees, just really bad leaders, you know, and then that's taken a phrase from the military around how they perceive leadership to be. And, you know, it's like, can you be a great leader and utilize the depth of experience around you to make you even better? And that's how I kind of looked at it when I started, you know, my forties and starting having large groups, you know, when I was, uh, and multiple divisions working for me. And I, I just, I just took off the blinds blinders on and just started building the team based on how are they going to make this look great. And that required people from really depth of experience, even to young and even mixing them as part of a team so that they'd be doing some kind of mentoring ship. They, the, the older employee will learn how the, the new way of thinking from a different generation that they're marketing to. And I would also flip it around. It's like that allows the 
more senior employee to get a to give back to the younger employee and saying, well, here's a, here is more depth than you probably have because you haven't been around long enough, but here's gives you more depth at a quicker pace. And that worked out really well in making sure everybody was in harmony and understanding that obviously you're always going to have, you know, a bad hire here and there that it, it happens. It's just from a fit standpoint and you, you, you manage those, but overall, when you make a better blend, I find that I get a better impacting team to business. What do you think of this, Manny? Yeah, I was taking some notes as you're talking. So I, yeah. when you talked about AI, do you think it would be helpful when people hire? Let's just take generally, maybe some company could take a case study where the person who interviews, they don't share like the you know college graduation dates or anything that would give away their age and see almost like a blind interview using AI. And then would you see that more older people might get those interviews and job offers because they do have all the you know criteria, all the skills, all the experiences, but when you do it in person and they see that older person, they're like, nah, <laughs> I don't really want that person. And that could be a way. Um, now, you and I aren't going to change the world tonight, today, like this call, but like to throw those things out there to even the playing field. Um, the other thing, when you say you were talking about change and like, you know, dyeing your hair and things like that, you wouldn't tell any other class of people, hey, stop being so this, stop being so that. But for older people, it's okay to say, well, you're, you know, 30, late 30s, 40s, 50s. So you should dye your hair. You should make sure you get those cool hip glasses instead of the, you know, old style glasses. You got to make sure you're wearing this type of clothes. Right. So this like, like for older folks, it's so weird. It's like now the onus is on you to be somebody else and someone different because you're going to be judged where you don't see that with other types of people. You know, they're, it's okay. And if you would say that to other people, they'd be completely offended. Like, how dare you say I have to change who I am? But for older people, it's like, yeah, you got to dye your hair, <laughs> dye your beard, which I kind of darken my beard, I admit it. Uh, you know, do things to say, like to make yourself feel a little younger, vibrant and not sure. be, you know, biased against. You know, I, I just, I always just tell people is it's just be your authentic self yeah. and bring yourself who you are because- I'm going to get the best out of any age of employee by blending the differences that we bring. And, and I, and I know we're not supposed to be using, you know, sports analogies in, in business, but you know, why not go for it? Let's do it. By playing competitive <laughs> baseball. My son plays competitive baseball now. And, you know, with that being the case, you, say, you don't want us, you don't want everybody to be the first baseman. You know, it's like every player on the team has a specific role to contribute to the team as a whole. And at times is that you, it does require that you should be balancing out from different age brackets, not the same generation, cross-generational. Um, and it's also important, and it's even harder, you know, when you get diverse candidates who are getting older, it's even harder for them to get in. I mean, if you want to talk about, you know, preconceived biases that happens as well uh, on the diversity pool and I, I see it and I try to 
consciously avoid that and break down those barriers and making sure that the slates are appropriately slated from the selection mm -hmm. standpoint. Now, I do give the flexibility with my groups to make the decision, but I'm coaching them how to look at their decision-making mm -hmm. to ensure that it's balanced because you, I don't want to take away from someone else's decision-making. Um, but at the same time, I want to influence them to grow and look further and outside the box. And so it's, it's a paradigm that's tough, but if you can bring it to the forefront and like these kind of podcasts and these kind of conversations, it's okay to talk about it. Mm -hmm. It's okay to bring it up. It's okay to not like, we don't talk about this. It's like, no, talk about it because you can't solve the problem unless you're communicating about it. It's not going to go away. And by the way, give yourself 10 years, you'll be sitting here. See, that's what the thing, this, see, to me, for ageism, the one thing we could all galvanize together is to recognize we're going to get old if we're lucky, you know, because if we don't get old, that means uh, you're not around and you don't want that. So if we're all fortunate, we're going to live to a ripe old age. So we're right. all can be old. So you would think this would be the one topic, the one topic that if we could all universally rally around to say, wait a minute, instead of marginalizing older people, and in my opinion, that happens. And I think, you know, a lot of it isn't just because you're old, it's you're making a lot of money and you, you know, you're senior and so you have a lot of seniority, but like, so you're marginalizing that whole sector of the market, but we're all going to get there. Right. So if, if we were smart, we would all plan and put things in place. So when we get to be older, we're not going to be discriminated against, but that yeah. doesn't happen, which is so weird to me. It's very you know, rare you have something that everyone can agree that this is going to happen to them. You know what? And besides just, yeah. Yeah, exactly. We, we can't stop. We can't stop what nature is already. Right. Doing, right. And, but, I, but I, you know, I, I do the only advice I can give those who are coming up or and those who are already experiencing it, there is an end to a career and doesn't mean it's negative. It just means that there's, there's a point in time when it's like, you're going to feel enough's enough. Right. And you want to continue working. It's like, but how do you contribute back? And that's, mm -hmm. I think, where ageism really kicks in. And the challenges of, well, I, I don't want to be the next CFO. I, I'd rather be the, the, you know, I'd rather be doing back auditing because that's what I enjoyed the most of my career. Not, I'm not in the finance field and auditing is not my thing. But um, those are the kind of things that, uh, everybody eventually has to get to and then they have to come to grips is like how do i deal with this and yeah that is that is the challenge is like how are you going to deal with these these internal feelings like i don't need to be the next president and ceo you know if you've done it enough times you probably think that maybe i was happiest doing this and the, the nice thing about being older in the marketplace for folks and even for those younger ones who are listening is you will get to a certain point in your career that if you're lucky enough, you get to pick and choose the fun job that you've always enjoyed doing that you can go back and redo. And you that know, only comes with experience and depth. You know, it reminds me, there's, I, I don't know who said this, but something you hit a certain age and I don't know what it is. I'll say 55. I'm making it up where you've just come to a realization of your life is like, 
you know, I've been struggling, you know, doing everything to get up to there. Now I'm at a certain place and I'm okay. I'm fine. And then when you go in interview, they're suspect of why are you going to interview? I don't understand this. It's almost like you drive up, you know, and you can say, hey, I'm going to give you this Rolls Royce, but you don't have to, you could pay me the price of a Kia. And they're like, wait a minute, something's weird here. I don't get it. It's like, well, I'm coming in as a senior person and I'm open to the comp because I was, I was smart. I saved my money. I banked it away. And now I could afford to do things I really enjoy to do. But even then they're like, hmm, <laughs> hmm, what's, uh, I don't know. And they'll still pass on that. And like they're passing on someone who would bring to the table immense experience and knowledge because they just think something must be wrong because they feel this person should just be asking for a lot of money and they just keep just going on that treadmill forever. Do, do you notice that happens? This seems yeah, like it a happens weird and I, I'll tell you, I'll give you a, a personal experience. Yeah. So I, and I'm going to leave the names out. Mm -hmm. um, so throughout my career, as I'm moving up in the marketing space, I switched over from consumer packaged goods. You know, I was at Co, Kodak and Pepsi that we talked about. Then I went into pharmaceuticals. And so, and what I enjoyed about pharmaceutical wasn't nature of the, the pharmaceutical business, but the fact that I had the opportunity to launch, if you had the top 10 mega brands, you know, in, in the last 20 years, I was able to launch two of them. Wow. And, and so what I really enjoyed was launching and creating brands, but I really enjoyed the advertising aspect of it, creating the advertising with, with the team. And I enjoyed that the most of my career. And from that is like, I, I saw an opportunity. It's like, Hey, you know, I saw another, another pharmaceutical company, pretty large. And, you know, they were looking for someone to head up and creating a marketing department around consolidating their go-to-market advertising group. I'm like, oh, that would be so much fun. I, I remember doing that. I'd love to do that. It'd be fun. So I had the opportunity to have conversations with folks, but at the end of the day, they said, well, you know, why would you want to go back and do this? And, and that's when it dawned on <laughs> me. It's like, Oh my God, I, that was the, my most favorite part of my <laughs> career that I enjoyed the most. Um, I enjoyed that even more than running two Olympics. It's like, <laughs> it, it was like, that's the part that was fun. And then basically it was like, well, no, we, we decided to go with this person and they gave me the insights of the person. And I'm like, oh, that's interesting. It's like, well, that person's never done that. <laughs> so, so yeah, let's give it to someone who's never done it. <laughs> But instead of someone who has done it and is completely passionate about doing it. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, I didn't do it once. I did it twice. And for your main competitors. And so you, you, you kind of like, all right, you just like, okay, you just move on. It's do, life. do you think because in America, right, we have this weird culture, you know, if you earn a dollar, you're spending $2. It's, it's, we have this really we don't, we don't defer gratification. You know, we have to keep up with the Joneses. We have to take crazy, get vacations, buy the, you know, keep getting new cars. So I think a lot of people maybe don't really have a lot of liquid, you know, assets. Yeah. So when someone interviews, they, their mindset is like, all right, I just have enough money and I can't take any risks. So they just presume everyone else is like that. They don't realize, well, right. no, people are different spots of their lives. And some people like yourself said, hey, I would love to do this, you know, and you would probably even say, hey, I like, even if you're paying me less than I would really deserve, oh. 
I just enjoy it. It's fun. It's going to work and doing something I love to do. And, and yet, the price, it wasn't even about the price. I didn't even, yeah. honestly, to this, I don't even know how much they were going to yeah. offer. Who cares? Yeah. I didn't care about that. But here, th that's very interesting. It's like, I, I, I put out a post on LinkedIn just a couple of months ago, and it's about the very, it's about kindness. Mm -hmm. And, and it, it's about, we need to make sure that we're kind to everybody at all levels, at all generations. Uh, because like you said, in, in this, the graphic that I created was just a big circle. And then this little pinpoint in that circle says, this is how much you know about this person. Because of your, very, your, your point is very valid. It's like, you don't know what they went through in life that maybe they had to liquidate yeah. everything. You don't know if there was health issues. You don't know if there was family. You don't know maybe they were supporting, you know, other other members of their family, and that mm -hmm. depletes very quickly. And so, and you don't know if they lost their job because a facility shut down or business went bankrupt. You don't know any of that. That puts someone behind in what we perceive that you're supposed to be saving and moving forward and all that. So, I always try to tell people when they're interviewing, and it's just like, just be careful not to fall into that trap. And, yeah. and the first, and then I always tell people and that I've mentioned this before, you know, at the beginning is like, you know, it's like, why would you want to do that? Avoid using that statement because that's a judgmental statement. It's like, you're judging that person's decision, why they're interested in doing this for you. And look at it that yeah. way. This person wants to do this for you. And if you look at it that way, you, you look at someone differently. This person, you know, it's raised their hand and and so with that being the case, it's it's very important that we realize, and at least that's how I coach younger generation is, is to ensure that don't judge someone because you don't know a lot about their background and why they're asking for this role. You know, that's so small. I, you know, I've only come to terms with that kind of concept recently because I think myself, like a lot of people, someone might say something to you and you will, you know, immediately maybe take offense and you're like, oh, but then now when that happens, I'm not going to assume malintent. I might, then I'll start thinking, huh, maybe they had a fight with their spouse. Maybe their kid is sick at home and so forth. So then I've learned to say, hey, not to let that bother me. And I know we're going on a little tangent, but it's really interesting yeah. you brought it up because I've been trying really hard to do that and just say, oh, it, they said X, but the chances are they're in a bad mood. Something happened. Something went wrong. They have like some serious things going on. And then oftentimes if you get to speak to that person, you find out, yeah, that's true. And that's why they kind of maybe lash out a little bit. And I, I like that fact that we talk about kindness because especially now we need it <laughs> in today's society with everything going on. Boy, do we need to practice kindness and empathy and compassion and taking care of one another Whew, more than ever. You know, so. I, I, you know, I had a, uh, a local neighbor here in, in my town who, you know, he's a CEO of a very large organization. I'll just leave it at that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and just like, I, I pinged him and, and just say, Hey, you know, let's have coffee. And he immediately took me up on it and says, I, I heard the news, you know, a situation took place and you mm -hmm. know, he's no longer there. And and basically, as like, let's have coffee. And I heard, and it's like, I just want to have coffee because I haven't mm -hmm. talked to you in a while. And and we went and we went to the local, you know, little cafe and we sat there and we just talked about these very topics that we're talking today. 
just in general around, hey, how's it challenging out there? What are your thoughts? You know, it's like, yeah, should I? Everybody thinks I should retire. It's like, mm-hmm. well, do you want to retire? You know, should you retire? It's up to you because sometimes it's not even the the fact that someone wants to put out the pasture. Um, it's like, but are you mentally ready for it? You, he might be economically ready for it, but he, but at the end of the yeah. day, it's like, but are you actually ready to do this versus someone is not making, someone made the choice for you and you weren't ready for that choice. I, that's that's a hard one because it's the, the emotional aspect of these things that one goes through. I think you, you, I think you hit on something really important because what I noticed and I, I was writing a lot about the you know the jobs reports when they come out, mm-hmm. and the labor parti- participation rate has been going lower and lower and lower. And my opinion, and to be fair, I don't have like all the data at hand, but I think a lot of people are like that gentleman you mentioned. But let's say I live down the food chain, the yeah. pay scale chain, where they're, they're let's say for, you know 45, 50, 55, 60, 62, whatever years old. And they've been trying, trying to find jobs. They're getting pushback, getting pushback. Sometimes they're getting pushback because of the pay. Just sometimes it's it's hard. Right now, what I see across all sectors, for the most part, is a white collar kind of recession. It's really, really tough for mid to senior level white collar people to get jobs now. Very tough. And so I, I think what happens is they just peace out. They're just like, you know what? I just can't take it anymore. You know, so let's say, you, you know, you're 55 and up and you've been working for 30 plus years and you're interviewing, nothing happens, interviewing, nothing happens, interviewing, nothing happens. You just say, I, I just either if you have enough money, you're like I'm done, I'm out of here, or I'm just going to get out and just get because my own mental health and emotional well-being, I just can't take this rejection, rejection, rejection. Right. And and then you see also you can notice the long-term unemployment is very high. So it seems that once someone's out, they're out for a long period of time. Right. And then for older people, it's much harder because now you have to come back when, let's say you decide to get back in, or maybe now you have to get back in because of high inflation, recession, Mm -hmm. your stock portfolio is cratering and so forth. Now they say, well, Jack, why have you been out for nine months? And now they're going to think, Okay, there's now something really wrong, right? And so you dig deeper, and these, this is these, this is what I think is a big challenge. And there's like no one out there that that's trying to ameliorate this. I noticed like there's no agency group, whatever, trying to champ. I mean, maybe ARP, I don't know, but like these are these are serious issues for people, particularly ones who didn't hit it big. They weren't chief marketing officers. You know, they didn't work at, you know, top companies. They, you know, had good jobs, but not great. Right. So money is tight and now they can't get a job and it's really rough. You know, and, and I would even add in there, what yeah. about those wonderful moms that's, that took time off on the work in the workspace and now are going back into the workspace, mm. you know, and they're also behind the times in that theory, you know, that, that, mindset of what well, what have you been doing all this whole time you know it's like you, you you've you missed a whole entire technology boom that you didn't so there's there's a lot of that and that yeah. one's that one's tough um you know and one of I, it was just in, just actually yesterday i had a conversation with someone around this topic who pinged me and said hey i'd love to get some career advice i don't want to get into more deeper marketing how do i transition to technology and i like there's a lot of self tutorial help on how to utilize 
a lot of marketing platforms and technologies, usually the, the platforms. And it's like, if you learn how to do that on a self-pacing ways to get certified, I know Salesforce has it, Adobe has it, you know, you can get into these big platforms. And then all of a sudden you become relevant because you got certified because you went through a couple modules and you learn how to use the platform that can get your entryway into, Hey, I can stay in a particular, like in marketing, I can stay in a career set. I can, I now I become relevant for today's marketplace. And I think that becomes, um, that becomes a way to addressing those gaps mm-hmm. and, and, and staying relevant like AI, there's ways that you can learn about generative AI and how to do that. And and if you keep yourself on top of these things, you can have a, a conversation in your interviews around these topics and make, and it will make you come across as that you're, you're relevant here and today. You don't need to know um, the, the coding of, of how things work. That's a whole different field, you know, but if you know how to drive it and use the platforms, how to use these new tools, you stay, you can, you can, you can come up to speed pretty quickly. Uh, I love where you're going with this and what, if, if you don't mind, if I could add on to it, because yeah. it seems, and I hate to say it this way, because again, I hate to say, okay, you're older. So now you have to do all these things, but mm-hmm. life is the way it is. So yeah, definitely take all these. There's like you said, so many online classes, right. you know, that you could kind of, if you're in marketing, you know, take those, or if you're in different areas, take whatever. Um, but then it, it does seem like you have to really do whatever you can to stand out and butt up against the preconceptions, you know? Right. So when you go into an interview, you want to make sure your zoom is perfect and it's not glitchy. The lighting is good. The background right. is good because unfortunately you're going to just be judged. You're already being judged because right. of your age, when they look at your resume and see when you graduate college, whatever, and they're going to figure it out uh, and they checked you out on social media. So you're going to be prejudged. So right. you, you want to kind of fight it right from the beginning and let them know. I would even say, when you interview, let's say I'm interviewing with you, Manny, I would say, hey, I understand. I'm, you know, you, maybe you were looking for somebody, you know, a little younger or what have you, but however, I let you know, I'm full of energy, just like you were talking about yourself doing things like yeah. I'm motivated. This is a great job. I'd love to do it. You know, I feel really comfortable. I've done this before. I, I'm, I would happy to give my advice to people if they want it, if right. that's, that's cool. But also I love to learn from the different groups that you have there from the millennials from the gen z's and i could absorb it so then you start wearing them down when they start realizing huh okay this <laughs> you know all right i i didn't expect this so it's it's almost like you have to have this game plan to have you know this you know mindset that all right i'm gonna have to learn as much as possible and stay on top of everything because they start asking questions about generative ai and you're like what Right. You know, what's what's chat GPT? Then it's like, okay, that's going to reinforce the stereotype that you're not, you know, so you have to, and I hate to say it, but this is what you, you have to kind of make sure you're completely up to date. And this right. is just sounds silly, Matt, don't laugh at me, but you even need to stay up to date, like with pop references too, because yep. this is when you go and interview and talk, you know, you get that small talk and you talk about like, whether sports, pop culture, and if you don't know, you know, that Taylor Swift is dating this football player and, you know, but you want, and if you don't know all this stuff that feeds into that, like, oh, you're just grandpa, you're just so out of it. You don't know what's happening. And it's you're, sad to say, but it's almost like you have to make sure you're up on pop events, you're up on pop, on current music, current trends, 
the way you dress, you want to make sure it's not in the 80s. Right. Because we talked a little bit yesterday, like so many people we know, like in the 80s, whatever, that's it. They're frozen in time. <laughs> and they're not even maybe you know, like that old, but like they're just frozen in time and they feel old. So you, yeah. all, you have to make sure, okay, am I wearing something appropriate that's like, like fashionable now? And again, right, right. sounds so crass, but this is life. This is how it works, unfortunately, right now. So you got to make sure what you're wearing is, you know, like makes sense. You don't look like an old fuddy-duddy. <laughs> you want to make sure your hairstyle, your glasses, the way you speak, your mannerisms, your expressions, you know, so you don't do 23 skidoo or whatever old fashioned. You're absolutely right. There, there, there is a, you know, I'm, I'm lucky enough that I have a, a wonderful wife and kids that constantly remind me is like, oh, you're so old. It's like, what are you talking about? You know, so yeah, no, we, we need to change this. So, you know, I, I got a, a group of people that, that do that to me on an ongoing basis. Um, but no, and, 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 but in being serious about this is, is that you're absolutely right. You, you do have to stay relevant and current. Um, I do have high school buddies that I checked in with who are still stuck in a particular time period, right. music, lifestyle, the, the, the decor, <laughs> right. you, you name it. I'm like, oh my God, I feel like this went back in time. What's yes. up with this? <laughs> so it, it does, and it, it makes it harder, but it's, yeah. that's, but that's okay if, that is what makes you happy, right? That's yeah. the important part. That makes you happy, but you got to make sure that you're you are self-aware that that may be perceived not in a positive light, but you can still do that. But you need to be able to be at least understanding that Taylor Swift is yeah. what's going on. Taylor, you need to understand what's going on in, in the world economy, right? You need to yes. understand what is going on with. Uh, the younger generations and how they're utilizing social platforms and how they communicate. They don't like to be in the room together and talk to each other, rather text each other across the dinner table versus it's, it's like, that is their way of life. And mm -hmm. you can't force it. Like I remember my grandfather said, you know, there's like certain traditional ways you have to be able to do things. It's like, you need to be able to be flexible and infuse the new ways of how people are communicating, how people are behaving how people are talking. And that's, that's important. Don't, don't you mean have to live that way, but you just have to be aware of it. Uh, absolutely. I, it, it's, it's so funny. Uh, when you mentioned about your kids, I, I'll purposely use, you know, phrases from like Gen Z, right? Because they're Gen Zers. And they hate it. They hate it because like by me using it, it drives them crazy. It's like, stop it, dad. Stop, you know, because now I'm appropriating their language. <laughs> no, so. I, I, I get it. And they're like, oh, you're using it wrong. <laughs> I'm like, I'm using what wrong? Oh, you can't say it. That, that's not, you have to wait for this moment to say it. I'm oh, like, that's right. Okay. It's, it's cap, no cap. Wait, wait, right. one, did I get that wrong? Did I? <laughs> right, exactly. It's very and sus, you know. But the, the thing about it is, like, I, I mean, I, I've been lucky enough because I started my family later in life. I yeah. have a younger generation keeping me younger. Yeah, it does work that way. Can I tell you, if you're surrounded by younger people, it does, we're all, you know, come, you know, you, you kind of get stuff from them and they get stuff from you, which is good. And that's why, to your whole point about in the workforce, you want to have, like you were saying, yes. that diversity of everything. You know, not you not only race, religion, this, that, but just age. So that you know, you because you get a sense of you pick something up from everybody, which makes right. sense. Right. 
Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's to this day is like, I, I, there's, 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 uh, I'm a boy scout, uh, scout master, um, for our local troop. And, you know, and sometimes every once in a while, there, there is always going to be a situation with a, a younger scout. And, you know, there was one time where a scout constantly got in trouble with the law, got themselves mm. in trouble with, you know, just in societal norms of what's acceptable. And it got to the point where, you know, it's like, I got a call one night and saying, I, I need help. I um, need someone to got myself on the pickle. Well, I just happen to know that the, the local community law enforcement officers in the situation. And I just happened to say, you know, I'm, I'm going to take this on and this is going to be the last warning. And they were nice. Our, our community mm -hmm. is really good about that. And to this point, the reason I tell this story is because I didn't let go of that young person because I saw something more than everybody else mm -hmm. written off. To this day, this this young person has gone through college, is now is going to law school. Awesome. We continue to communicate. And I'm like, you know, just and then the only thing I ask is those people that actually do mentor back because of depth and experience in one's career and all that. The only thing I ask the, the young people is, you know, someone has done this to you along the way in your life. And then this is how I left it with, with this young gentleman was, is, is that just do me the favor. I never asked you for anything, but do this for someone else when it's the right time for you. And then remember this moment mm. so that when you give back, you're giving back because you made a promise and you're giving back because it made a difference to you. And that's the same thing when you hire um, more experienced employees is that my experience is the older employees that I've hired who've been age-wise uh, older than me have come down and basically have been great mentors and coaches in life, thinking how to approach people. And, and that makes a world of a difference for a leader to come across as a better leader. And so I, 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 I give out to, to those folks who are in, in decision-making around hiring people and, and looking at different diversity and age-wise in their pools of talent is look at it that way and you'll find that you'll get a better baseball team mm. than if you if you get a lot of lookalikes and so you know it, it, and i have stories of a lot of these folks that that i do mentor like there's there's another gentleman that i mentor young and he's actually hired someone who is much senior than him now and he wants to go he wanted to go in sports marketing from first day of college and I mentored him. We have, we have lunches on the breaks and we communicate and I'm his reference, you know, for the jobs he's taken. And it's like, I got him connected because I did, because I did uh, run two Olympics, like I mentioned, and, and he wanted to go in sports marketing. So I still had my connections and I was able to get him some good entry ways and in introductions to organizations in sports marketing, what he was interested in doing. And to this day is like, now he's taken on younger people to mentor and he's also hiring more senior folks to help him. And he's learned that style of, you know, a leader is not just about being the top of the pyramid. The leader is about motivating and about setting vision and about getting things done with the folks who actually do the work. And if someone raises their hands who are experienced, it's like those younger mm. leaders should take that as a blessing because you're going to get so much depth of experience 
that you can utilize that to better your own performance. That's fantastic. I, I think I wanted to wrap up with this, but I, I wanted to just ask you one, because I love I love that story that, that's, that just hits it right on the head. But I just want to ask you, if you don't mind, one last question. Yeah. I don't know this guy's name, but there's this tech guy, I guess pretty well-to-do, who is just spending his whole life trying to live like forever. Do you know who I'm talking about? Where he's trying to be young and keep young and taking like, I don't know, bottles of pills every day and doing everything right. just, just to keep young. Have you, have you, have you, do you know what I'm talking about? Have you seen yeah, that? I know or? what you're talking about. I've read about that. And I've heard about it. I don't know who the person is, but <laughs> I, I, I can, I could just say it's like, there's, there's, there's no way you can win. It's, and that to me represents like where the fear of getting older, because then you won't be relevant. And it's, it's yeah. almost to me, even this super successful person who essentially has so much money to try to ward off and try to live forever. Yeah. And it's like this, this yeah, it's, just you got to understand what life is about and not be afraid to get old. And this is what's scary is that you're so afraid to get old, which goes into what the whole conversation is that it's, you know, you have these biases. So he's just spending his whole life to fight against it. It's you weird. Know, and, and I tell my own kids is, is that, are you going to work to live? Or are you going to live yeah. to work? Yeah. You make, make that decision as to, because it will have a profound impact on your mindset as well as, um, you're only here for X amount of time period. How do you want to utilize it? How do you want to maximize living life or you're just going to enjoy life? It's like, and some people think, well, I enjoy because I, I work. It's like, yes, that's one way, but should you fill it with something else? Because eventually work does end and people identify themselves with their titles and their jobs. And when you, when you get to that point, and we talked about this, when you get to that point where you are like enough's enough, mm -hmm. you're willing to be a human being versus a title. You're willing to, to give back because you enjoy it. And I think that's the challenge with age, ageism that people just who are making those decisions haven't gotten to that point to realize that, that eventually they're going to be sitting in these mm. seats and eventually they're going to have to be addressing this because this is not going to go away unless people talk about it. Man, I really appreciate you taking the time to have this conversation because it's so important. I think it's so helpful. And also, I just want to give a caveat too, where sometimes we were kind of being a little jocular about it. We're not, we're treating this seriously, but I feel it's always helpful to have a nice human conversation because right. sometimes when you get so like, ah, you know, it's, it's not helpful. It, sometimes it's just, easier just to chat and talk and understand how sometimes things are just so crazy and weird to bring it up. So I, I really appreciate yeah. your, your, your great sage advice and, and, and sharing personal anecdotes, which is very helpful. So hopefully for people who are out there watching now and having you no know, challenges, I hope, you know, this helps give some ideas. Also letting know that it's not just you that's going through. And sometimes I think that's the worst part where you think, oh my gosh, what, why me? Is there a black cloud over my head? Did I do something wrong? Am I being sabotaged? No, this is something systemic. And that's why I love doing these LinkedIn lives and bringing brilliant people, accomplished people like Manny on so we could share and say, no, this, this is happening a lot. And we're going to try to help explain what's going on and what you could do to improve. So uh, I hope, I hope this is helpful. Manny, thank you so much for coming on and uh, everyone have a, have a great day. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks. Bye-bye.